everyone, I hope you're all doing well and welcome back to the Criminal Makeup Podcast. Each episode we dive into the minds of some of the worst criminals in history and today we are going to be talking about the case of Janelle Potter. So I don't even know where to begin with today's case. This case is just absolutely baffling. When I first came across this case, I saw it referred to as the Facebook catfishing murders. And it instantly caught my eye because I was like, oh, what do you mean Facebook catfishing? So I started to look into the case more. And when I saw some of the things that go on in this case, my jaw just hit the floor. I couldn't believe that it was true. This whole story is centered around a woman named Janelle Potter, who at the time of this case was living a very sheltered, extremely isolated life. Janelle did what a lot of people sometimes do. She turned to social media, but she became obsessed with Facebook. And I mean obsessed to the extreme. It became her lifeline a chance to finally make friends. But unfortunately, Janelle, she did not always have the best intentions when she was online. And I'm not gonna obviously say what happens right here in the intro, you're gonna have to listen to the case. But there is some weird stuff that goes on with the CIA. Yet the CIA comes up in a very unexpected way in today's case. So like I said, this case is baffling. It's hard to wrap your head around actually what goes on. So as always, I've tried to make the story as simple as possible so it's easy to follow, but this one is a little bit of a head scratcher. So we've got a lot to get through today, so let's dive in. Janelle Potter was born in 1982. I couldn't find an exact birthday. And she grew up just outside of Philadelphia with her mom, Barbara, dad, Buddy, and her older sister, Christy. Now, growing up, Janelle experienced what is best described as a very very sheltered childhood. Her parents were extremely protective over her. They wouldn't let Janelle do like regular things, regular kid things they wouldn't allow Janelle to do. But they weren't like this over her sister, her older sister, Christy. They didn't really care that much about her older sister, Christy. It was just about Janelle. They were very protective over Janelle. So this led to a pretty dysfunctional family dynamic. Now, Janelle's mom, Barbara, has been described as very over bearing, very controlling. And her dad, Buddy, has been described as just going along with it, kind of giving into whatever Barbara wanted. And Christy, Janelle's older sister, she was older by six years. Like I said, her parents always favored Janelle. So Christy was always the one in the wrong. She was always the one to blame for the arguments. And this led to a lot of tension in the household. The sisters, Janelle and Christy, ended up hating each other. And you're probably thinking, okay, so why did Barbara and Buddy favor Janelle over Christy? And I can't really tell you exactly why, but it is thought that it's because Janelle had quite bad health. So Janelle suffered with type one diabetes. She was partially deaf and she also had learning difficulties. But on top of all of this, Janelle also struggled to interact with people in social situations, even as a child. She was some that couldn't really pick up on normal social cues. She couldn't really pick up when the other kids around her were joking around, maybe being sarcastic. She couldn't pick up on that. And because she couldn't pick up on those normal social cues, she ended up getting into a lot of arguments with the kids around her. So all of this added together meant that Janelle didn't have the best time at school. She had it pretty tough. And Janelle's parents could see that she was struggling in school and they always felt compelled to do something about this, which I always think is a great thing. You should take an active role in your children's life. But Janelle's parents were too much. They were too overbearing. They never let Janelle stand up for herself, stand up on her own two feet, be independent. Whenever the smallest thing went wrong at school, her parents would be straight up at that school complaining. And even though her parents probably have the best intentions behind protecting Janelle, it wasn't very good for her. Her sister Christy has just said that her parents would mollycoddle Janelle. She grew up not knowing what it was like to be independent, how to be independent. But not only that, Janelle's parents would constantly make excuses for Janelle. If there was ever an altercation with any of the other kids at school or even Christy, her sister, it was always the other person's fault. And this was over even the smallest of things. Janelle was never made to take responsibility 
or accountability for anything, which meant that Janelle grew up basically feeling invincible. She also learned that she could treat people however she wanted and she would never get in trouble for it because whenever she was rude to anyone, mean to anyone, her parents would always swoop in and save the day. And this got completely out of hand a few times, but one time that actually stands out is that Janelle claimed that another girl punched her in the face because Janelle was, quote, too pretty. So Janelle's parents almost took that other girl to court. It's like, have you ever heard of such nonsense? Why would you take another kid to court over like a little punch? You know, not that a punch is okay, but why would you take them to court? And that little incident there, I feel like is a good overview of what this case is going to be like. I just don't get how some people just go through life like this. How can you go around feeling so entitled that you're gonna take people to court over a little playground altercation? So yes, her parents were over the top. And there is one thing about Janelle that is really important to today's case. And that is Janelle is a massive liar. And I mean extreme. Not just the odd little white lie here and there. Oh no, no. She would lie about everything. And most of the time she would lie to get attention. She would make up stories about her life. She would fake illnesses. There were even a few times where she would collapse dramatically in the middle of the hallway and pretend to faint all to gain attention and sympathy. She was just one of those kids that would do absolutely anything for attention. There was even one time where she was telling everybody that she had cancer, which obviously was a complete lie, but she was just telling people this to get their reaction, to hopefully get some sympathy, some attention. And I'm under no illusion. I know kids lie. I know kids lie to get attention, but who the hell would lie about getting cancer? And I just wanna point out that she was old enough to know that that is wrong. I'm not talking like she was five or six here. I'm talking about teenage years she was doing this kind of stuff. And it got to the point where her sister, Christy, just never believed anything that came out of her mouth. I'm sure probably no one believed anything that came out of Janelle's mouth apart from her parents. Christy has even accused Janelle of exaggerating her illnesses and her learning difficulties. Now, I don't know if this is what happened, but I wouldn't be surprised. And Christy has accused Janelle of over-exaggerating her illnesses and learning difficulties just to manipulate their parents into getting them to do whatever she wanted. And that is very important for today's case. So hold on to that. And Christy felt like she was the only one that could see Janelle for who she was, who she truly was. And it drove her crazy that no one else could see it. As the years went by, her parents bought into Janelle's stories more and more. Christy was constantly bringing up Janelle and her lies. She was constantly telling her parents, I don't believe Janelle is actually suffering from this. I don't believe Janelle is doing this. Janelle is lying here. But they never believed Christy. They thought that Christy was the one that was lying, not Janelle. And it's just so frustrating. Why is it that the people that are telling the truth are never the ones believed? And this is pretty much what Christy's childhood was like. She was just basically ignored and always second best to Janelle. And you can completely understand why there was tension between the sisters. They did not like each other. Christy was seen as the bad egg, the one that was causing trouble. And she was disliked by pretty much everyone in the family, which is honestly just horrible because Christy was telling the truth. Spoiler alert. And in the end, Christy couldn't take it anymore. After she graduated high school and after she was old enough to move out, she did. She left home and became estranged from her parents, which honestly, I think was probably the best decision. I never like saying that, but in this case, I think it was very wise given what um, the rest of the family is like and what they go on and do. Okay, so now we get to Janelle graduating high school, which was obviously a few years after Christy did. So after she left high school, Janelle started to look for a job, but her parents believed that she wasn't capable of having a job. Her parents didn't feel like she had the necessary social skills to have a job. And they told her that she didn't need to get a job. She could just live at home and basically just live off her parents for the rest of her life. And again, they may have done 
done this with the best intentions, but Janelle has just left school. She doesn't have any friends, she has no job, and she's just basically told to sit at home all day and not do anything. That's not gonna be good for anyone. She's just gonna become even more isolated than she already is. And it's not just the fact that she's just gonna be at home all day with nothing to do. Her parents also had incredibly strict rules for Janelle. Even though she's an adult, she still had to abide by these rules. So Janelle had a curfew. She wasn't allowed to smoke, drink, have a car or drive. And her parents were also allowed to personally assess anyone that Janelle came in contact with. So basically they interviewed any potential friend that Janelle would have. And if her parents didn't like that person, Janelle was not allowed to spend any time with them. But can you just imagine being that other person and going to Janelle's parents' home for an interview to see whether you're worthy enough to become Janelle's friend? That would put anyone off. So even if someone did pass the interview, I can't imagine many people stuck around if they did pass the interview. And the years go by, every day is the same. It's like Groundhog Day for Janelle. She is just living in her parents' house just outside of Philadelphia when all of a sudden her parents decide that they want to move. They don't want to live by Philadelphia anymore. They don't like the big city. They don't want the city life. They want to move somewhere quieter. And this is when the whole family, excluding Christy, of course, moved to the small town of Mountain City in Tennessee. And Mountain City is tiny. I mean so bloody small. I couldn't believe how small it is. It has a population of 2,000. And if you compare that to Philadelphia that has like 1.5 million, they are going from a huge city to a tiny, tiny little town. I don't really feel like you can get much of a bigger contrast, can you? And Mountain City is described as one of those really small towns where everyone knows each other. Everyone knows each other by first name. Everyone knows each other's business. It's kind of like the town that if you were ill, if you had like the flu or something, everyone in the town would know about it. News spreads fast in this little town. And whenever new people move in, let's just say they stick out like a sore thumb. And this is exactly what happened to the Potter family when they moved to Mountain City. Everyone just used to stare at them. They stuck out. They were the weird ones in town. And whenever the Potter family would interact with the locals, they just got on everyone's nerves, especially the mom, Barbara. Now she was one of those characters that would just get into arguments over the smallest things. She was also one of these people that just didn't get along with anyone. She would always look down on people. She would always judge people. She was also one of those people that would just get into arguments over the smallest things at the grocery store. And then the dad, Buddy, whenever he would get into conversations with the locals, he would just talk about himself. He would just brag about himself. In the past, Buddy had served as a Marine, which he would constantly tell people. And that's a great thing. You should be proud of your accomplishments, but he would kind of go overboard. And people that were listening to these stories, they felt like they were a little bit exaggerated. They felt like these stories were a little bit over the top, possibly not even true. Now, does that sound familiar to anybody? And Buddy even told people that he once worked for the CIA and people just didn't believe him. I have never worked for the CIA. I've never known anyone to work for the CIA, so I may be wrong about this, but I would assume that if you have worked for the CIA, you wouldn't be going around telling everyone and anyone that. Surely these things have to be kind of kept secret. I don't know. Maybe that is just me being stupid there. But also people would make the comment that he just didn't seem like the type to work for the CIA. People have said that he didn't have, quote, the right level of intelligence. And it soon became apparent that you couldn't really trust anything that came out of Buddy's mouth. And who does that sound like? That sounds exactly like Janelle. Janelle would make up stories to impress people or get attention or sympathy. And it seems like that that may have been learnt behavior from her dad. But then Janelle is also a lot like her mom. She would get into arguments with people over the smallest things. She would never be held accountable for her actions. And then the people of Mountain City also found 
found Janelle incredibly strange. They thought it was strange that Janelle was in her 20s and she didn't really leave home that much. She didn't have a job. She didn't have a car. She couldn't drive. And people had started to notice that Janelle's parents would treat Janelle like a small child, even though she was in her 20s. And whenever Janelle was out and about around town, she didn't know how to act around people. Like I said, she didn't really know those normal social cues. She was often over-friendly, which can be a little bit scary and intimidating at times. And she would just go up to people that she didn't really know and hug people. And being overly friendly and hugging people is obviously not the worst thing in the world, not by a long stretch. But people just didn't know how to cope with Janelle. They didn't quite know how to interact with her. She was also one of those characters where if you said the wrong thing in the wrong tone, she would fly off the handle. And it was one of those situations where you never knew where you stood with Janelle because she was overly friendly, but then all of a sudden she could turn. And Janelle's behavior made people feel uncomfortable, which led to people avoiding her. And just like in Philadelphia, Janelle struggled to make any friends, any connections in Mountain City. So that is what life was like for the Potter family in Mountain City. They didn't really fit in and Janelle remained isolated. And in this point in the story, it is around the late 2000s and what happened in the 2000s? Social media. So this was the time of MySpace and Facebook when Facebook just started and Janelle became obsessed with both of them because most of her time she was indoors just talking to nobody so she turned to social media. Janelle was someone that struggled to interact with people in real life but she didn't have those same kind of struggles on social media and when she found social media she felt like this changed everything because she felt like she could now finally have friends. So Janelle sets about making her MySpace and Facebook profiles. And Janelle essentially lied on both of them. She described herself on her profiles as someone that had so many friends in real life. She was always out. She was always really active. She had a very busy social life. She also decided to create herself a fake boyfriend. And on her MySpace profile, on the profile, I can't really remember what MySpace looks like even though I had one. She put on her MySpace profile, loving girlfriend. And Janelle had a few photos that she had with this random man and she started tagging him as her boyfriend, even though he wasn't. I honestly don't know who he was. He was probably just like a friend of the family, maybe a neighbor back in Philadelphia. And then Janelle went about sending friend requests to everyone. She basically wanted as many friends online as possible, which I don't think is really that uncommon. I definitely knew people that would try and have as many friends on Facebook and MySpace as possible to make it seem like they were more popular than they were. And Janelle created this little fantasy world for herself where pretty much everything wasn't true. Everything was a lie. Janelle was essentially catfishing the world. And I use the word catfish because that does crop up again in this case. And then there was another website that Janelle became absolutely obsessed with and it's the website Topics. And I had never heard of this website before. So when I first saw it written down, I said two pics. <laughs> and then Ashley had to say, Danielle, no, that says topics, not two pics. <laughs> I'm so stupid sometimes. And from my understanding of what Topics was, because um, it's no longer around, it was kind of just like a website where local communities would set up. And it was just kind of like a forum thing where you could post your thoughts and your feelings about your local area and vent a little bit. Basically, it was just a gossip forum because that is what Topics was used for. Spreading, creating, gossip and rumors, especially in a small town like Mountain City. And you basically get things like that today, but it's just on Facebook, isn't it? It's like Facebook neighborhood groups and stuff like that. I know I have one for my local area and it can get a little bit feisty in there sometimes. I've only looked a couple of times. But Topics basically had no rules and regulations either. So people could just post absolutely anything. It was a hotbed for gossip. And I have looked at the Mountain City one. I managed to track it down. And these people, when people are anonymous and they don't have a name or a profile picture, ooh, people can be brave. No offense if any of you live in Mountain City. And this is not just Mountain City. This is probably what it was like for a lot of small towns all across the world. But bloody how were they bitchy? Some of the things that I was reading, I couldn't believe. Like there was a slut list, an actual slut list for all of the girls in high school 
It's like, seriously, we're really slut shaming right now. There was even a thread about this situation where a bus driver inappropriately touched a young girl and the young girl was being blamed for being sexually assaulted and people were blaming her because she asked the bus driver for a cigarette. Really? The topics forums were rife with cheating rumors and accusations, names being thrown around here, there and everywhere. And Janelle, when she found topics, she absolutely loved it. I think she absolutely loved it because it reminded her of high school. It basically was very school-like behavior. And essentially it was just like watching a car crash, all of this bitchy behavior going on. So Janelle is kind of living a somewhat independent life right now online, but her parents still have her passwords to her social media accounts. So her mom, Barbara, could monitor her activity. Can you imagine that? Janelle is in her mid twenties and her parents, her mom is monitoring everything that she's doing on social media. It's just absolutely ridiculous. And this is how Janelle lived her life for a decent amount of time until she met Tracy Greenwell. And Tracy would become Janelle's first actual real friend in real life. Making friends with Tracy is kind of what led to the tragic events of today's case. So Tracy Greenwell was 34 years old and she worked in a local pharmacy in Mountain City. And then one day Janelle walks into the pharmacy to pick up a prescription and the two got talking and that is how their friendship formed. Now Tracy had known about Janelle for a while and she kind of felt sorry for Janelle because Janelle was always on her own. It was very obvious that she didn't have friends. So Tracy invited Janelle to hang out with her and her friends because she felt sorry for her. She wanted to be a friend to her. Tracy did go for one of those interviews, by the way, at the house and Clearly Janelle's parents approved of Tracy because the friendship developed from here and they ended up becoming quite close. They were spending a lot of time together. They were doing days out. Janelle was actually having a life. She was doing things that normal young people do. She was having fun. She was doing activity days. At one point she even went rock climbing and these things she had never done before. She had never had anyone to do these things with her. She had been missing out on these experiences her whole life. She had never had a friend a proper friend until this point. But it wasn't just friendship that Janelle was discovering for the first time. It was also romance because Janelle had formed a huge crush on Tracy's brother, a man called Billy Payne. And she thought that Billy was everything. She fell hard for Billy. And this was the first time that she had ever really had romantic feelings for anyone before. But there was one problem. Billy wasn't interested in Janelle. I'm not even sure if he knew that Janelle fancied him. I'm sure he probably did because I don't think Janelle was too shy about it. And Billy dated a few people here and there, but he was never really serious with anyone. So Janelle wasn't too bothered about Billy dating other people because she knew that Billy was never going to be serious with anyone. So Janelle was biding her time. But then Billy starts dating a woman called Billie Jean Hayworth, which is obviously a little bit confusing because they do have the same first name. So Billy is the boyfriend and Billie Jean is the girlfriend. And Billy fell hard for Billie Jean. He was serious about Billie Jean. And they were perfect together. They were a match made in heaven. But most importantly, they loved spending time with each other. They made each other happy. And like I said, Billy wasn't really serious with any of the other relationships that he'd had, but he was serious about Billie Jean. And Janelle did not like this. It was very clear to everyone that Billy and Billie Jean were made for each other. They were like soulmates. But Janelle was obsessed with Billy and she was gonna do everything in her power to get between them. And unfortunately, this would lead to absolutely tragic consequences. But before we get onto all of that, we do have another significant event that happened to Janelle. And that is that she got her first real boyfriend because obviously the one before was fake. And this was a man called Jamie Kirsch who turned out to be Tracy's cousin. So Janelle was first interested in Tracy's brother and now she's actually dating Tracy's cousin. So Jamie and Janelle start dating and Jamie is very similar to Janelle. He's a little bit older. He's actually in his 30s, but he's very socially awkward. I don't think he's ever had a girlfriend before. He struggled with relationships and making friends and he also didn't always understand normal 
normal social cues. Jamie and Janelle were obviously first time in relationship for both of them, like figuring out everything. It was all new and exciting for them. But what was weird is that they had to keep their relationship secret because Janelle knew that if her parents found out about the relationship, they would not be happy. And I don't think that this had anything to do with Jamie. I just don't think that they would approve of anyone dating their daughter. So the two of them would have to speak privately. Jamie actually bought Janelle a cell phone so they could talk in secret and they would talk on the phone for hours and Janelle's parents never knew. And it's just crazy that they're both grown adults. It's like Janelle is in her mid twenties, Jamie is in his mid thirties and they're sneaking around like a bunch of teenagers. So Jamie would actually visit Janelle quite often at the house pretending to be the computer repairman. And he actually was really good at computers. So he actually could do stuff with computers. So Jamie would actually be at the house quite often, but Barbara and Buddy wouldn't have any clue that he was actually dating their daughter. Daughter. So the relationship continues like this for quite a while in secret. And Janelle is still hanging out with Tracy and now she's also hanging out with Jamie and they're also hanging out with Billy and Billy Jean. Like that is what their friendship group is. And just because Janelle has a boyfriend doesn't mean that she's not still obsessed with Billy. And even though Janelle was obsessed with Billy, she hadn't made too much of a big deal out of it right now, but that was all about to change because Billy Jean announced to everyone that she was pregnant. And obviously up until this point, Janelle was still secretly hoping that the two of them would break up. But now Billie Jean is pregnant. I think the penny has finally dropped for Janelle that they're in a serious relationship. They're not gonna break up anytime soon, if ever. And Janelle really takes this personally. She wants revenge for some reason, even though I don't know why. It's like Billy and Billie Jean have done nothing to you. Why do you want revenge? But she does. And this is when she starts to figure out her plan. And this is when the case just gets baffling. It's just crazy now. Unbelievable what is about to happen. I still cannot believe that this case actually happened. I really can't. So first of all, after Billie Jean announced her pregnancy, she started to see a load of hateful messages and comments on the website topics. And all of these messages were saying absolutely disgusting things. They were calling her a whore, saying that she was on drugs, saying that she wasn't fit to be a mother, saying that they wanted Billie Jean to die, that they also wanted her baby to die. One of the messages did actually say, quote, just die. She is a waste being on earth. Damn whore, I hope they die. And that baby and Bill. Billie Jean has just announced that she's pregnant. She's in a very happy relationship. This is supposed to be a happy time in her life. She's not supposed to be getting death threats. And can you even imagine Billie and Billie Jean and how they would have been feeling? Someone is out there wishing that their baby would die. And the person that was sending all of these messages, their username was Matt. Potter. That surname seems familiar, doesn't it? And obviously it was familiar to Billy and Billie Jean. Obviously they knew Janelle Potter. So they confronted Janelle. They said, who is this Matt Potter? What is he doing? Why is he sending all of these hateful messages? And Janelle responds to them, oh, that's just my brother. He's sticking up for me, which is obviously a lie. She doesn't have a brother. And I think they figure out that she doesn't have a brother either and that she's lying. And it doesn't really take them long to figure out that Janelle is actually the one behind these messages. And it's like, really Janelle, could you not have used another surname? Could you not have just used a random username? Did she really think that she wasn't gonna get caught? She literally used her own surname. And also something that I just can't really wrap my head around myself. Janelle said that her brother was sticking up for her and I still to this day haven't been able to figure out what her brother was supposedly sticking up for her about like I don't know because as far as I'm aware they weren't mean to Janelle but the whole thing blows up they have obviously figured out that it is Janelle creating these profiles and sending all of these hateful messages and it blows up there's a huge argument Janelle falls out with Billy and Billy Jean they also fall out with her. 
Tracy falls out with Janelle because Tracy is obviously going to stick up for her brother and she doesn't like that Janelle is being mean to her brother and possibly future sister-in-law. But Jamie, who is Billy and Tracy's cousin, Jamie is obviously Janelle's boyfriend, sticks up for Janelle. He's on Janelle's side. So Janelle is sending all of these hateful messages because she doesn't stop, by the way, because she's obviously denying that it's her. But it doesn't stop there because after this falling out, Janelle now claims that she is also receiving hateful messages. And these messages were extreme. These were threatening extreme violence. These messages were threatening to rape Janelle to cut her head off. Now, who was sending Janelle these hateful messages? Well, Janelle claims that it was Billie Jean. Janelle was trying to make out to everyone and anyone that would listen that Billie Jean was the one out to get Janelle. But of course, that was not true at all because Janelle was actually writing all of these hateful messages to herself. Janelle was literally the one sat there at her keyboard creating all of these fake profiles and sending herself these hateful, disgusting messages. And I don't really know what she was trying to achieve by this because she's obviously trying to frame Billie Jean because obviously all of her hatred is focused on Billie Jean. But what was she really expecting to happen? I mean, to be honest, Janelle has grown up with parents that will jump to her defense and take people to court over a silly playground argument. So I imagine she probably was expecting Billie Jean to go to prison. And this went on for months, Janelle sending herself all of these hateful messages. And Janelle would tell everyone that would listen that she is a victim, that she is a victim of harassment and bullying online. There was even one time where Janelle threw rocks at her own house to smash the windows to try and make out that there were people driving by her house literally threatening her life and when she threw the rocks in she obviously went into the house and she was like oh look these rocks have names on them listen she had written billy jean on these rocks does anyone in their right mind write their name on a rock and then throw it through someone's window why would anyone do that you're literally telling that person it was you that did it. And obviously Janelle's parents believed every single thing that came out of Janelle's mouth. Janelle's parents actually thought that Billie Jean was harassing and bullying their daughter. So two guesses for what happens next. Janelle's overprotective parents get involved. And I think I gave a pretty good description of what Barbara and Buddy are like. So the moment they got involved, everything escalated because Barbara was phoning up Billy and Billie Jean and she started threatening them down the phone. Barbara was also on Facebook responding to these hateful messages, threatening the people sending these messages. And Janelle's parents even reported Billy and Billie Jean to the police. And get this, the police actually investigated Billy and Billie Jean. And obviously Billy and Billie Jean are completely innocent in all of this and they just wanted to be left alone. I feel like I need to stress this, but Billie Jean is pregnant. She does not need this right now. And I think it's really important to say at this point, I don't know if Janelle's parents truly believed Janelle about all of this or whether they were just going along with it because that is what they did. I don't actually know. And Janelle wasn't just harassing and bullying Billie Jean online. She was actually doing it in person as well. So Janelle would always phone up Billie Jean's home and throw insults down the phone at her. Janelle was also bullying Billie Jean's friends as well. I haven't really brought them into it because I didn't want to confuse the story too much. And it was that bad that Janelle was calling Billie Jean and Billie Jean's friends anywhere between five and 20 times a day to throw insults down the phone at them. And it got so bad that Billie Jean's friends, Tara and Lindsay, filed restraining orders. There was another time where Billie Jean is just at the gas station filling up, just innocently going about her day, and Janelle and Barbara pull up next to her, wind down the window and start throwing insults at her. And after this situation, Billie Jean just broke down. She broke down in tears and she just couldn't cope with this anymore. She was at complete breaking point. Janelle would not 
leave her alone. And I cannot even imagine the living nightmare that Billie Jean is going through. Everywhere she turns, Janelle is probably there, or Barbara, or Buddy, and they're all there throwing insults at her. When she goes home, Janelle is calling her up. When she goes onto the computer, Janelle is there sending messages. She cannot get away from this family. Janelle is doing everything in her power to ruin Billie Jean's life, and right now she's succeeding. This abuse that Janelle was throwing towards Billie Jean went on for months, months and months until something very significant happened. Just wait for it. Billy and Billie Jean both unfriended Janelle on Facebook. And this was possibly the biggest insult to Janelle. This was the final straw. How dare, how dare they unfriend me on Facebook? And this is when she started to form her terrible plan. And it's just unbelievable, isn't it? It's so petty over being unfriended on Facebook. It's so stupid. So just when you think things cannot get any stranger in this case, well, they do. Because this is when the extreme catfishing begins. So one day, Barbara, Janelle's mom, got an email from a mystery man that worked for the CIA. He claimed to be one of Janelle's school friends from back in Philadelphia. So that is how he knew Janelle. And he now worked for the CIA, quote, killing people. And he had a special mission for Barbara. And Barbara was like, well, okay, mysterious CIA man. I believe everything that you say, even though you've given me no evidence to tell me that you actually do work for the CIA, I believe you what's the mission? And the mystery man who claims that his name is Chris, Chris tells Barbara that he knows that Janelle is in all of this trouble, that Billy and Billie Jean are being mean to her online. He knows about all of the threatening messages that Janelle is receiving, and Chris is here to help. And Barbara is like, great, mysterious Chris from the CIA. And it's just completely unbelievable. How is Barbara not questioning? Why the hell are the CIA getting involved in Janelle's petty online drama? Apparently though, she believes this. And I say apparently, because I don't know if I buy it. But she seems at this point to have no idea that she's being catfished, essentially. Barbara and Chris start emailing back and forth for months. It's crazy how long this went on for. They are emailing back and forth pretty much daily. Thousands of emails are exchanged between the two of them. Chris is telling Barbara that Billy and Billie Jean are planning to rape and kill Janelle. Chris is constantly telling Barbara that her daughter Janelle is in terrible danger. And Chris is also promising that he is there to save the day and that he's gonna make all of this stop. And Barbara is like, yes, great. These evil people need to be stopped. Chris is slowly convincing Barbara that Billy and Billie Jean need to be murdered. And I just don't know if I buy this. Does Barbara truly believe that the CIA are getting involved here? Does she truly believe all of these threats towards her daughter. And you might be wondering, well, who is Chris? Who is this mysterious Chris from the CIA? And I'm sure you've probably worked out who Chris is, but in case you haven't, Chris is Janelle. Yes, that is right. Janelle is now pretending to be a CIA agent to essentially catfish her mom to convince her mom to kill Billy and Billy Jean. This just seems too far-fetched. Like it does. How does anyone buy this story? That is why at the beginning of the video, I was saying how baffling this case is because it does just baffle me. How the hell could anyone, anyone think that a CIA agent is emailing them over some petty drama online? And unbelievably, hmm, Barbara had apparently fallen for all of this. I mean, you guys are gonna have to let me know in the comments, do you believe that Barbara believes this story? Because I don't, I just, how? How can she actually believe it? But it wasn't just Barbara that Chris from the CIA was emailing. Oh no, because Chris soon starts emailing Jamie. And guess what? Jamie also believes this story that a C 
IA agent is getting involved in all of this. And then Barbara confides in her husband, Buddy, about everything that has been going on. And then Buddy gets involved and he believes it as well, which I feel like confirms that Buddy did not work for the CIA. Because if you work for the CIA or have done in the past, I think you know that this is not how the CIA works. She wasn't just trying to convince her parents and Jamie to turn against Billy and Billie Jean. She was actually trying to convince them to murder Billy and Billie Jean for her. Which is just unbelievable that Janelle went through all of this, creating all of those fake profiles in the beginning. Now she's pretending to be a CIA agent. She has been doing this for months, emailing her parents and Jamie. This is a well thought out plan. And even though Janelle is trying to convince her parents and Jamie to kill Billy and Billie Jean, you're probably thinking, okay, but there's no way that they would actually agree to do it. However, they agree they agree to murder Billy and Billie Jean. Janelle has spun this web of lies for months. She has managed to convince her parents and Jamie that Chris, this CIA agent, is real. Janelle's life is in imminent danger because Billy and Billie Jean are going to rape her and murder her. Therefore, Buddy, Barbara and Jamie need to do something about this now they need to murder Billy and Billie Jean. So Chris sends Barbara the instructions to the murder and Barbara agrees to those instructions. She goes to her husband, Buddy, to ask him to help her carry out this plan. And it literally gets to the point that Barbara, Buddy and Jamie are literally having meetings around the dining table, trying to figure out how they're going to carry out this murder plan. It's absolutely ludicrous. And I just don't know what I believe in this case. I don't. Because there is part of me that thinks there is no way that anyone could be convinced that this whole CIA agent story is true. But then when you think about it, we've probably seen crazier things in other cases and it's just hard to wrap your head around. And that's just something that we actually don't know about this case. Did the participants truly believe this whole CIA agent story. So on the 31st of January 2012, around 5.30 in the morning, Buddy Potter and Jamie Curd arrived at the home of Billy and Billie Jean. Both Billy and Billie Jean were asleep in their beds. By this time, Billie Jean had given birth and their seven-month-old son, Tyler, was in the other room. Buddy and Jamie approached the bedroom of Billy and Billie Jean. Buddy headed straight for the bed. And before anyone could even do anything, before Billy or Billie Jean even woke up, Buddy turned his gun on Billy and shot him at point-blank range straight in the head. This awoke Billie Jean and she managed to actually flee from her bed and her first instinct, her first thought was her son Tyler. So she ran to Tyler's room to try and gather him up, save him, protect him. But Buddy Potter is not too far behind and he walks into Tyler's bedroom. Billie Jean is stood there with her seven month old son Tyler in her arms but Buddy just walks up to Billie Jean and also shoots her in the head at point blank range. After Buddy has shot both Billy and Billie Jean, he hands Jamie a knife and tells him to slit Billy's throat to make sure that he's not alive, which Jamie does willingly. And then they both flee the scene. I don't know how anyone could shoot somebody whilst they're holding a baby. How does anyone do that regardless of the CIA or anything like that. A few hours later a neighbor arrives at the property and discovers the horrific scene. The neighbor finds both Billy and Billie Jean collapsed on the floor and Billie Jean still has baby Tyler in her arms which is truly heartbreaking. Thankfully baby Tyler was unharmed physically but again I'm going to say it again how does anyone shoot somebody with a baby in their arms? I don't care if they believe this story or not this CIA agent. How can you do that full stop? If you are truly concerned that your daughter is being bullied, abused online, 
go to the police. Maybe even move location because they haven't exactly set up home in Mountain City, have they? What you don't do is murder people because a stranger, at least they thought it was a stranger anyway, tells you to online. That is not the answer. How did he not change his mind? How did he not get to Billy and Billie Jean's home and think, oh, you know what? Maybe let's not do this. And then once he saw Billie Jean holding her baby, how did that not stop Buddy from killing her. Both Buddy and Jamie, all of them to be honest, but obviously Buddy and Jamie were the ones that carried out the murder. They did it in such a cold way. I'm honestly speechless. And I don't even want to think about what Tyler, baby Tyler went through, experienced on that day. Like I just, it's heartbreaking. And following the discovery of the bodies, an investigation was opened and it didn't take the police too long to land on the Potter's doorstep because it was common knowledge that Janelle didn't like Billy and Billy Jean. This is a very small town. Everyone knows everyone's business. So everyone knew about this feud between Janelle and Billy and Billy Jean. But for some reason, and I don't actually know the reason for this, the police decide to interview Jamie before the Potter family. So the police bring Jamie in for questioning and they're asking him over and over again, do you know what happened? Who's involved? Are you involved? And the whole time, Jamie is denying his involvement. And this interview has been going on for a while now. And then Jamie says something that completely throws the police off. Jamie says to the officers, quote, are the CIA here? Is the CIA here? CIA? No. No. And the officers are just like, what? The CIA? Why the hell would the CIA be here? This is just a local murder investigation. The CIA are not going to be involved in something like this. And obviously the officers are thinking to themselves, well, this CIA thing, this must mean something. What does this mean? And this is when the story of Chris, this mysterious agent from the CIA, starts to reveal itself. And Jamie comes clean. He tells the officers everything about Chris, about how Janelle, her life is in danger, and about Barbara and Buddy's involvement. And because he obviously accused Buddy and Barbara, this gave the police grounds for a search warrant to the Potter home. So they bring Buddy in for questioning. And at first he denies all involvement. He doesn't say anything. He's just like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I don't know about any of this. But then after a while, he does confess. Meanwhile, the police are searching the Potter home. They find three three huge bags of shredded paper. And it turns out that Barbara, or Buddy, I actually don't know who, printed out every single email between themselves and Chris, the CIA agent. They printed out every single email and then shredded them. God knows why, that just doesn't make sense, but add it to a list of things that don't make sense in this case. And can you believe police officers actually spent hours putting back together the shredded pieces of paper to line them all up to read these emails? Thank God these police officers actually did put together these emails because they had their evidence right there in front of them. And these emails gave the police everything they gave the police the whole story. But at this point, the police still didn't know who Chris was. They were like, who the hell is this mysterious Chris person? Because he is obviously just as culpable for these murders and we need to track him down. And it was confirmed at this point that Chris did not work for the CIA, but I think we all knew that. And thankfully, it didn't actually take the police that long to figure out who Chris was. Because after tracing the IP address of the email address that was sending these emails, they were led directly to Janelle Potter. So now the police had the full story. Janelle was Chris. She was responsible. I mean, obviously Barbara, Buddy and Jamie are responsible as well, but Janelle is the mastermind behind this plan. And the police arrest Janelle, Barbara, Buddy and Jamie. So then the case went to trial and Jamie actually took a plea deal. 
in exchange for testifying against the Potters in exchange for a reduced sentence of 25 years. But Janelle, Barbara and Buddy all pleaded not guilty, even though Buddy earlier on had confessed. Buddy was the first one to go to trial and because he was the one that pulled the trigger, he didn't really have much to stand on. And obviously with the testimony of Jamie, who was there at the murder and obviously all of the emails, he was found guilty and he received two life sentences for both of the murders. And then there was a second trial to determine the fate of Janelle and Barbara because they were not present at the murder. But you can still be responsible for a murder. It doesn't really matter if you're not there. And there was overwhelming evidence. I mean, obviously Janelle was the mastermind behind all of this. But Barbara was also pretty involved. Barbara was the main communication between obviously Barbara and everybody else and Chris. She was the one that Chris was emailing the most. The prosecution had a very strong case that Janelle and Barbara were the ones that orchestrated this whole thing. And the jury agreed. Both of them were found guilty and sentenced to life in prison. And that was the case of Janelle Potter, which I still cannot get over. It just baffles me. How the hell did that case happen? I still to this day don't know if Barbara, Buddy and Jamie truly believed that they were talking to someone from the CIA. And I truly think that Janelle thought that she'd get away with this murder because she's gotten away with everything for her whole entire life. So why wouldn't she think that she would also get away with this? Janelle literally was the ultimate catfish and apparently people fell for it. And I just cannot wrap my head around this case. I really can't. Two people lost their lives because Janelle was jealous. And I've got to say, I agree with Christy. If you remember, Christy is Janelle's sister and Christy would accuse Janelle of over-exaggerating some of her illnesses and her learning difficulties. And I think I agree. I think it's very clear from this case that Janelle is more intelligent than she lets on. This whole plan was carried out thought out, very cold and calculated, and she planned this out for months. Tragically, in the middle of all of this, two innocent lives were lost. Billy Payne was described as a kind and compassionate person who would go out of his way to help anyone. He was a loving son, fiance, and father. He had his whole life ahead of him to enjoy with his future wife and child, but sadly, this was all taken far too soon. And Billie Jean Hayworth was described as a sweet, warm, and beautiful person. She loved the outdoors. She loved spending time with friends and family. But more than anything, Billie Jean loved spending time and taking care of her precious son, Tyler Dean Payne. And finally, the third victim of all of this is Tyler. He now has to grow up and live the rest of his life never knowing his parents. And Billie Jean, in her last act on this earth, she was trying to protect her son and she died with Tyler in her arms. And it's, I still cannot wrap my head around how anyone could shoot anyone holding a baby. I just can't. And I just hope that Tyler is okay. My heart really does go out to him. And that brings us to the end of the episode on Janelle Potter. There are no updates on this case. So thank you so much everyone for listening today. Subscribe or follow to make sure you never miss an episode of The Criminal Makeup. And if you enjoy the show, it would really mean a lot if you could leave a five-star review. In the meantime, if you've been affected by any of the themes in this episode, please take the time to look at the description for this episode for some helpful resources. Special thanks to my producers at Audio Boom Studios, and I'll see you all in the next one. Bye.